Good morning, everybody. Um, JB, I, I got to say, first off, dedication right there, folks. I, I'm getting the set ready this morning around 7.54 a.m., and I look up, and I actually was mortified because I saw JB. Now, not because he didn't have hair and makeup done yet, yeah, but I'm like, oh, my God, is my clock off by an hour or something? What the hell's going on here? We didn't uh, fall back yet, no. <laughs> no, I'm like, literally, I'm like on my iPhone here, like, what time is it? <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, dedication from JB. He was testing his uh, video and audio early to make sure he had it right. Good for you, buddy. Uh, and I know you're not necessarily a morning person like me, uh, but it is what it is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well, last I mean, night, my wife had to get to work early anyway, so I was up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, there you go. At least we've got that. Uh, last night, uh, I got to uh, cover, uh, you know, a Balsa Spa uh, high school football game locally. And got a good reminder Scotties. of... The Scotties, yes. Uh, got a good reminder of why I love, uh, you know, high school and D3 football and how life comes full circle sometimes, too. So first off, we'll go to the still photo that I had posted on uh, Facebook, or on Twitter and Facebook, actually, uh, last night. Uh, the number one uh, player there is Nico Savini. He's uh, the QB1 for uh, Ballspa High School. But he was having a bad night. It happens, okay? And uh, you'll see here Luigi Fiorini, who's uh, the person number three. You can't really see his number there. But uh, he's kind of uh, in front of uh, Nico there and uh, played QB for the two scoring drives uh, that led to the 26-16 victory there. And uh, great job uh, by Luigi, great job by Nico to be a team player uh, through and through. He was back in his quarterback to end the game. Uh, again, it happens uh, to every quarterback out there. Ask, ask the Zach Boises of the world and ask, you know, all the guys. And ask, ask George Marinopoulos, who, funny thing, at halftime last night, uh, I, I'm being approached as I'm talking to friends by somebody with a Gilderland shirt on, and I hear, Frank! And I'm like, oh, God, I usually take my defensive uh, politician posture when that happens these days. And I was like, oh, my God, it's George Marinopoulos. He's an assistant coach uh, over at Gilderland now. And based on the quarterback's play and arm, uh, yeah, he, he must be uh, teaching well over there because uh, George's uh, QB uh, was doing a great job to get his team uh, in position to possibly win that game. A couple, or actually about four drop passes. I felt horrible for the, uh, the QB because he uh, was spot on on some uh, great throws and it just, they couldn't catch the ball for him. It is what it is. It happens in uh, high school football, happens in D3 football, and at any level it happens. So uh, again, congratulations to the Scotties. We're in the purple in their honor again uh, today. And um, one surprise we've had this season, and I bring it up in quick hits coming out later today on d3football.com, uh, is uh, there's a question about who will be the most surprising 5-0 team this season. For me, it's Utica. And our friend Tony Maldonado takes us through what will be the next game on their schedule this Saturday versus the Hartwick Hawks. I, 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 I'm a little bit concerned after watching this video. Homecoming. Uh, yes, it is. I'll leave this on the screen with it, uh, and you'll see our reactions to Tony Maldonado's video. Big Tone here, different type of show. Utica President has put out a call of action. Mr. President, I know you cannot confirm nor deny our existence. I am here to tell you we are at MooseCon 1. MTF 1 has been activated. That's Moosemania Task Force 1. Moose Savage is our incident commander. 
Macho Man Moose Savage is on special assignment. We cannot tell you what he is doing right now. I can't share with you. I have been authorized to share a small portion of an interrogation tape of a prison of war that we have recovered from Hartwick. This assailant's name is Freddie Freebird. Take a look. This is Moose One here. Stand by. Now, I can't tell you where exactly where we're at. But it will show you a small portion of the interrogation tape of this loser we caught behind enemy lines. And his name is Freddie Freebird. Freddie Freebird, you got some answers to give. Just say that Freddie Freebird gave us all the information we need. Not to some regular business. Man, man, Marazon, would you let the people know your thoughts on this week's homecoming game? Week five. Week five, Pioneers. What happens in week five when you play all day football? What happens in the homecoming? We show them what all day football is. No one can handle us in all day football. No one can. Nobody can. I mean, what are you going to do about it, Frank? What you going to do when Musamania runs wild all over you? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send it the intro for season 16 of In the Huddle. It's the best. Well, you know, and you know, it was funny because like you said about being undefeated. So we did a quick little project last night. We were kind of texting back and forth. So by my math at this point, going into week five, you know, there's 241 teams in the division, including NESCAC school. So there's three, there's three teams in the NESCAC that are two and oh, if, if we include them, out of that 241, there's 45 undefeated teams. Now, note that three are like the asterisk teams um, because you have Wabash, UW Stout, and Platteville that have all played out of division, and they've either won or lost those games. They don't really count in the grand scheme of things. So that's 45 undefeated teams. There's going to be definitely less than that this weekend because a few of them are playing each other, like in the WEAC and other places. So the, it's getting smaller and smaller. But I have a, I have a, good, I have a good feeling that um, the Pioneers will, will save tracks. They'll, they'll find their mascot, the Big Moose, and um, go to 5-0 and this weekend. Ready for flavor. Uh, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Also, we're aware JB's video is a little bit choppy. His audio is uh, generally fine. Uh, we're working on uh, solutions to that on his end. Uh, from what we understand, it's coming from his end. 
so just bear with it. Uh, we'll get that right as well. Uh, yep, exactly. Stop playing all those uh, games in the background there, Jamie. That's eating up your bandwidth. One other thing I want to ask people to do. I, I, I hear these stories all the time of staffs and actual teams watching our live Friday show in some way, shape, or form or another. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't show up on our view count because that's just one view according to uh, Facebook and Twitter. But if you're a team or a staff right now watching our show, please snap a photo of you guys doing it and uh, push it up on Twitter and let us see. Uh, give us uh, you know, a, a yell on our hashtag at D3FBHuddle. We're at Frank Ross here both. And uh, we'd like to see that you're enjoying our live content because sometimes we like to know people are out there actually witnessing this live. So, JB, uh, let's go to our games to watch here because we've got a lot of them. This is an extraordinary week compared to week four, at least on paper. Now, week four was great. So, here comes week number five. And uh, we're going to start in region one. And pretty much it's uh, in-conference play across the board going on. We'll have a guest coming up on a couple slides uh, from now. So, uh, we'll make sure he's ready to go. And he is uh, waiting in the wings. So, go ahead, JB, and bring us through region one. Yeah, so there's a couple of really interesting games in the new max starting around noontime. You've got Springfield and their almost 700 yards of rushing offense from last week going into Worcester to take on WPI, who's off to a pretty good start. That'll be an interesting matchup uh, for sure. That been playing in the in Western Massachusetts for many years now, so that that sort of rivalry goes back a ways. Merchant Marine versus Salve is an interesting one, Frank. It's the first time the Mariners, I think, have headed up to Newport in, in a while. Um, they're coming off a big win over SUNY Maritime. Salve, um, you know, one big last weekend over MIT. It'll be interesting to see how these two teams match up. Um, I had to throw in this awesome graphic that, uh, once again, Bowden has come up with. They're doing a really funny job, <laughs> you know, putting their polar bear on uh, snowboards and showing Middlebury's uh, panther crashing and burning there in the, <laughs> in the snow. It's not snowing in Vermont or, um, or Maine just yet, but pretty soon. Uh, UMass Dartmouth tries to keep their win streak going with a game at 5 o'clock at WestCon. There aren't going to be a lot of late games um, this weekend, so this is one of them to keep an eye on. The Corsairs are kind of cruising along there in the MASCAC, and so uh, this is another uh, big road game for them. Over Bring it to Region 2. Uh, okay. hold, okay. hold, hold on, I, I, I'm calling time out, and it's my bad because I couldn't get my microphone on in time. But uh, I, I, I noticed uh, that JB, who uh, gets first dibs on Games of the Week, but he's usually, he kind of knows where I'm going to go certain times with him. He decided to pick two Games of the Week, so I said, what the hey, I'm going to do the same thing. And so you're going to see f uh, basically three Games of the Week total here uh, from us on the uh, right side there. And uh, JB, go ahead and explain uh, why we're going this way. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously there's the big game tonight between Muhlenberg and your sinus. We'll talk about that pretty soon. Uh, Muhlenberg coming into the game ranked in the top 25. Your sinus is on a nine-game win streak, I believe, Frank. Uh, there's a lot of Bears fans out there that feel like maybe they should be the ones with the national ranking, given that they've beaten the Mules the last two years in a row now. So that's a, that's a huge game tonight. I believe you're going to be driving out there and, and providing some coverage. So keep an eye on at Frank Rossi on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. But yeah, Hobart versus Ithaca on Saturday, a uh, big Liberty League conference rival kickoff between you know these two upstate New York schools. I'm a grad of Hobart, so I know we say we don't have rooting interest in these games, but sometimes we have a, just maybe just a little bit. Um, and Catholic Susquehanna kicks off landmark play. 
W&J Grove City, uh, 2 p.m. This could be for the pack title. Uh, we talked about that a little bit in crunch time. If Grove City wins, we think that they're pretty much a lock to that uh, Pool A bid. But W&J has looked awesome. I've been you know, talking them up since the preseason, so we'll see how that plays out. And hey, look at this, Frank. Finally, Salisbury versus Christopher Newport, the game I thought was supposed to be last weekend. Well, it's going to be this weekend at 2 o'clock. Um, the winner of this game will have a... a Pretty strong lead there in the NJAC race. And then Brockport, St. John Fisher. Want to talk about feeling old, Frank? Look at this. Courage Bowl 18. Uh, they've been doing this for almost 20 years now. We've been covering it uh, for the last 15, give or take. Um, and it's a great cause for the camp. Uh, I think it's good days um, you know, for you know, uh, young, young people that are fighting cancer. And so it's a really great cause uh, between these two Rochester area schools. And I know we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that one. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. You know, uh, it, it, what's interesting is I can see uh, in a background our guest uh, because I have the, uh, you know, full scenes here. And when you mention the fact that Muhlenberg's ranked, but uh, your sinus, uh, who's also undefeated, is not, I, I notice a little smirk on his face uh, that formed. And uh, it's right there still right now. We're going to get that smirk from Brett Gross, senior linebacker of your sinus college here. Uh, the Bears host uh, number 23 uh, Friday at 7 p.m., it says there. Brett, is there a little chip on the shoulder on this uh, whole ranking situation? Because you guys have won nine straight, looking for number 10 tonight. I mean, uh, first off, welcome. But, I mean, how is the team feeling about this respect level right now? Uh, first off, thank you guys for having me. Um, second off, we're just excited for the challenge. Um, they're a very good team, uh, very good scheme, very good players. And um, we're just hoping that uh, – we're prepared you know we feel like we're prepared we're confident and we're ready for the for the challenge that uh is the game tonight it's it's going to be a big challenge for sure under the lights and everything else it's going to be a great game go ahead jb well brett i mean you you're a senior so you've been there for the last couple of wins over muhlenberg i mean you're not going to give away any of the, the company secrets or the game plan for tonight but when you look back on those last two games what do you think were some of the key things that helped you guys uh beat them um, for the past two years, we were able to create some turnovers. Last year, we were able to uh, force force a fumble, uh, which was huge. Uh, and then our offense was able to go down and score. Uh, two years ago, uh, Aaron Anderson was able to uh, get a pick six on a throwback, which was um, which was huge in that game as well. Uh, and another red zone pick he had two years ago. So I, I think those were key contributors in our ability to win those games. Brett, the Centennial Conference has always been viewed as a strong conference. Obviously, a little bit of shifting around going on right now because of the landmark situation. And now, when people talk about this conference, they talk about three teams, Hopkins, Muhlenberg, and your team, the Bears. Uh, and that was not the case in years gone by. Uh, we've been around for long enough to know that you know, you kind of were in that Juniata uh, kind of basement dwell at times in people's views, at least in conference play. What made you want to come to this school, you know, despite, maybe things are starting to turn around, obviously, when you got there, but what made you want to come and be a part of this, and how did you guys, as a, a you know, senior class and super seniors that are there right now, 
how did you guys get this thing to kind of go to where we are right now, where we talk about you in the same breath as those other big schools right now? Here, we had big expectations. Uh, I think they were coming off a bowl win against Mr. Incordia. Uh, so there was high expectations that next year, and um, we ended up not meeting those expectations. Uh, and as a freshman, I, I didn't really uh, like the feeling of losing uh, coming from a good high school program. Um, and, and my old head coach at Archbishop Wood, who is uh, Coach Devlin and Coach Kyle Atkins, are both here now. Um, so that kind of played a little bit of a role in coming here. I also, when I came on my visit, it was um, just a family feel. I like the guys here. Everyone uh, gelled together really nice, and it was a great culture. Um, so it was just something I wanted to be a part of, and I felt like we were heading in the right direction. Uh, we just needed to uh, execute on the field. Well, speaking of uh, execution, a buddy of mine uh, saw you guys uh, in person when you went to Rowan, and you guys really flexed a pretty strong defensive muscle there. Um, you know, keeping them keeping them in check for a long time. I, mean, I know that you know they, they scored about twenty something points, but that was kind of after this game was pretty well in hand. Um, on the flip side, though, I noticed that you know last season we had. Um, and Frank's going to have to help me out, but uh, Jack uh, P., the former quarterback who I believe has graduated and moved on, but this new guy, Jalen Bradford, um, has been playing pretty well. He had a big game against Rowan, 19-25 for almost 350 yards and three touchdowns. You see this guy in practice all the time. Was this uh, season sort of, you know, you guys were just waiting for him to get his chance to kind of you know, get the start, and, and how is he doing so far? He's doing great. Uh, Jalen's been awesome. Uh, he's a leader in the locker room. I know, even though he's not one of the captains, but he, he's a big leader and contributor to this team. He was kind of just waiting to get his chance. You know, Jack's a great quarterback. Um, so is Jalen, and Jalen just waiting to get his chance, and he has his chance this season, and he's doing a pretty good job so far. Before the season. Was the goal to win Pool A, was the goal to win this Centennial Conference, and what was the confidence level uh, that that uh, locker room had coming into this season, that that is very much a possibility? And for that matter, how many super seniors do you guys have, uh, from what you can tell me, or you know, the fifth years, whatever we call them these days? Uh, because we, we see varying amounts across uh, D3 right now, and we, we, we're we always interested in to see how it affects things. Uh, Greg Thomas's piece uh, in Around the Nation about it this week is very uh, spot on, but kind of tell us about the view coming into the season, who came back for that fifth year, and what the confidence level was. Um, so we have four, um, which is myself, Ryan Bedolis, uh, Joshua Payne, and Billy Cook. Um, last year, uh, we were very close to going undefeated. I'm sure everyone knows the scores of the games that we lost. Um, so we were pretty confident coming into this year. Um, we just know we have to take it one game at a time, uh, execute every every game, every down, just break it up into little pieces. And, uh, you know, we have a very confident group all defensively and offensively, and just we're just ready, ready for the year. 
So this guy is headed your way tonight and uh, into Collegeville, Pennsylvania, which couldn't be a better name for a, a Division Three town. What can the mayor expect when he gets into Collegeville? It looks like you guys are a little northwest of Philly, sort of in, tucked in there in the corner there of, of PA. I mean, what is what is Collegeville like? What's a Friday night lights, um, your sinus game vibe going to be like for, for him tonight? Um, usually there, there's people tailgating. Uh, I know on Saturdays, if we have a Saturday game, there's people here at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning already tailgating. So uh, I would expect people to be there tailgating when he arrives, and I would expect uh, a big student show out for, for the huge game that we have tonight. Oh, somebody has already hit me up to say that I should go to the, what is it, College Hill Bakery or something like that? Is that a, a, a tell me a little bit about that place uh, so that I, I can, you know, choose. I love the fact that people now are sending me food recommendations without us even asking anymore. We say, hey, Frank's going to be somewhere. They're like, yeah, oh, right? you got to go here, you got to go there. I'll be 300 pounds by the end of the season. But tell me about College Hill <laughs> Bakery and why uh, that, that one. Uh, the College Hill Bakery is just, Awesome. They, they have great food. Uh, the milk, milkshakes are awesome. They have great chicken cutlets. Um, and if you go in there, uh, a bunch of famous people will, will go in there and uh, they'll take pictures. So they have all their pictures up on the wall. Um, they have a Joel Embiid milkshake, uh, Reese Hoskins shake. So uh, it, it's definitely worth the trip. It's amazing there. It's amazing. I doubt there's going to be a Frank Rossi shake coming anytime soon there or his uh, picture on the wall. Let me just be honest about that, folks. But, uh, Brett, kind of give us uh, your last thoughts here on this game. I mean, what, what does it mean for this game to be under the lights for you guys? Uh, knowing that it's a showcase game, especially the way things have played out the last couple of years and everything else, and, you know, what kind of adrenaline does that bring to you having the home game here? Uh, it brings a lot of adrenaline you know we, we've been waiting two weeks for this game because we had the bye week last week um we're all just excited to get back out there uh especially under the lights you know playing saturday afternoon is nice but it's, there's something different about playing under the lights uh it'll add that extra edge um for everybody you know muhlenberg and us uh so everyone should be ready to go i mean everyone's fired up for this game uh and i'm expecting a great matchup tonight jb do the honors well, Brett, uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, we, we've been big fans of the Bears as we've gotten to know you guys a little better over the last few seasons. And um, as, as your former teammate may have given you a heads up, we do a little tradition here on In the Huddle where we like to give the student-athlete guests an opportunity to give shout-outs to any friends, family, teammates, you know, what have you. Uh, so the floor is yours. Brett Gross. Uh, first off, Shout out to my parents. I don't think my parents have missed a football game in my whole career playing football. Uh, second off, shout out to all my teammates. Uh, you know, these are the guys that I do it for. Play next to them. Uh, shout out to my coaches, Coach Gallagher, um, Coach Devlin, Coach Menard, Coach uh, Lampart, Coach Atkins, Coach Latier, uh, Coach Quigley. You know, they're awesome. We, we wouldn't be here or in this position without them. Well, 
always glad to see uh, the family that supports uh, the players for sure. And uh, kudos uh, to your parents for not mess missing a game ever. And uh, kudos to that coaching staff for getting this team into this position where we've, you know, <laughs> after how many years uh, we have two straight seasons, I think this is, with uh, guests from the Bears. Uh, and, you know, congratulations to you guys. But I know you don't want the congratulations until really – you get to the pinnacle uh, that you're aiming for here. So tonight's going to be a big game on the way to it. Looking for 10 straight. That really, if, if you throw out NESCAC schools, Trinity, uh, you guys have the second longest winning streak in Division Three. Uh, let's say playoff bound teams. Uh, we'll call it that way. Uh, North Central's number one and uh, your sinus is number two on that list. So we'll see where it goes tonight. I will see you tonight, Brett. Best of luck to you. Thank you, guys. Good luck, Brett. Brett Gross, senior linebacker at your Sinus College. And uh, thanks, everybody over there yeah. in their sports information group and coaching staff that helped us get that interview together. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, predicting it's going to be very interesting. I promise you uh, that later. So stay tuned to that or for that uh, coming up uh, soon. So uh, you'll want to see that one and where we go with it. Uh, I don't know where you're going to go with this. I'm curious to see what you pick in this game, uh, JB. I, I, I have a notion where you might go with it, but uh, this may be the week where our predictions really go like this, and we uh, have some real divergence in uh, our scores uh, after this we'll week. See. We'll see. Uh, stay tuned for predictions. But first, we'll talk, talk about more games we will predict as we go through the overview of the regions. Here's Region 3 and JB. Yeah, well, um, there you have it on the right-hand side is there's a picture of Trinity taking on Barry. I'm actually going to shoot up to Georgia, um, hopefully catch a flight. You know, we'll see there already the airline is, is doing some funny stuff. But I'm 99% sure that I will be there on a very hot uh, Saturday afternoon. It's going to be about 90 degrees for kickoff um, down there on the field. So I'm uh, going to try to get the, the Viking walk and all that stuff. It, this is... In, in my opinion, the de facto SAA championship game, just the way both of these teams have been blowing through their opponents, um, winning by large margins. I think whoever can come out with a win today will be the champion of that conference. We'll see. Um, elsewhere in the ODAC, we have a good Bridgewater-Hamden-Sydney matchup. Those games are always great. In uh, Region 3, at 2 o'clock, this, this is actually a potential game of the week, too. It's kind of flying under the radar with some of these other games, but Howard Payne versus Harden-Simmons, can the Cowboys pick themselves up off the mat after an embarrassing, what is it, 27-point loss? Well, in, in the, there's, a, I guess, a, uh, an interesting subplot going on right now with Harden-Simmons in that Galen Glenn is injured, and I believe one of their uh, oh, yeah. backups may have appendicitis or something like that is uh, what uh, Ooh, Coach Burleson geez. had suggested. So I, I don't know what to expect here with respect to their offense uh, on Saturday, but yeah. they need to show up uh, compared to what happened versus Endicott. So, look, injuries or not, and our friends of the third division said this, Essentially, look, you're supposed to have depth if you're going to be in a national powerhouse, so shake it off somehow, some way, guys, at Harden-Simmons, because uh, uh, Landon McKinney uh, is uh, coming to town, and that's no small, you know, no small problem for them to have, ultimately. So this could be very interesting to see how this plays out. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people on D3 Football's uh, Quick Hits pick Howard Payne. That was not my top 25 upset. I... You'll hear about mine a little bit later, uh, who I'm picking on that. But uh, stay tuned on that game for sure. That's going to be an interesting game. 
And uh, Shenandoah at uh, Ferrum is going to be uh, an interesting one, too. We both picked Trinity at Barry because, honestly, that is, to me, the SAA uh, title game. I, I just don't see who else in the SAA has that level right now. Maybe Southwestern could surprise a couple teams uh, here and there. Hendricks? But the, eh, I, I just don't see it yet. I, They're I, you slinging know, the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, they, they need to work on their defense, but I know um, uh, yeah. Bonnet, their, their quarterback, is number one in the country as far as passing yards and touchdowns and all that stuff, so who knows? It's a question of who you're playing so far, though, too, I think. Uh, I mean, what was it? McMurray was the uh, – was that uh, mm-hmm. who they had? Or, yeah. No, that was against Birmingham Southern. But uh, Hendricks's resume to me did not, you know, flag anything great when I was looking at that last week especially. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe a premature thing, but the interesting thing about Trinity versus Barry is the loser is still in the pool C race. You know, 8-2 and two, Trinity, because of their resume, has a chance, no doubt. Nine and one Barry has a chance as well, obviously out there. So we'll see where it goes. They don't want to go through pool C if they can avoid it. Pool A is where they want to go, and ultimately we'll uh, we'll watch that one. You'll watch that one. But are you really suggesting that airlines have issues uh, these days? Uh, I mean, are, are you really suggesting? Yeah, you never that had a problem you, with that, Frank. Yeah, I mean. never. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just hope I, I hope I don't have a. a, a, a San Antonio situation like you had and stuck in the airport all night. That would not be great. But anyway, not, let's, you know, uh, let's talk yeah, about it, it, That's not fair to San Antonio. That was a JFK issue ultimately uh, and a JetBlue oh, issue. So JetBlue. I, I, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that to San Antonio because it was Austin having the same issue and everything else that was coming out yeah. of there that day. It was a JFK issue. So Texas, I still love you. Don't worry. Okay. Go ahead uh, on uh, Region 4. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting um, region one to region four across town, you know, cross country, you know, middle uh, middle of the country sort of a game here between Alfred State and Olivet. That's not something we see very often, so I thought that was a kind of one to flag up. Wabash, Ohio Wesleyan, always a great matchup between those two schools. Same thing with Wittenberg and Denison. Um, you know, these are some some very old school NCAC rivalry games. Ohio Northern versus Mount Union. Who knows how close that'll be, but you typically, um, once we get into OAC play, um, you know, things get a little more interesting for for, uh, for Mount Union. We shall see. Looks like you like the uh, ONU uh, Mount Union game. I'm going to stick with Wabash and Ohio Wesleyan for Region 4. Looks like... A- Can't hear you, Van. <laughs> I know, I know. I realized that once I uh, looked up. Uh, yep. Uh, I picked that game because uh, it's the kind of the first of the big four scenario for Mount Union to face mm-hmm. at this point. And so I, I'm curious to see how they respond uh, after some uh, ups and downs with scores and whatnot. I, th- this is kind of the beginning of their gauntlet play uh, to the degree that there's a gauntlet in the OAC underneath them. And so we'll see where it goes. Can ONU challenge them? We brought up this game actually from 2005, uh, yeah. all of last week. So here it is presenting itself sure. on the schedule. I mean, would it have the impact of the 2005 version if ONU were able to pull an upset like that? No, um, it's not the same streak going in for uh, Mount Union necessarily, but it's still okay. pretty healthy if they were able to upset them. We'll see where it goes. And that's uh, why we go there. And we go from there to, let's go to a big screen on Region 5 because there's a big game from a little bell. Yeah, and there you see in the, in the picture the, the trophy for the little brass bell between North Central and Wheaton. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff. Uh, 
I think before the uh, broadcast, Frank, you were kind of saying, like, why not throw this in, you know, to the night game mode? Or actually, maybe you said it during the, the broadcast. It's been, we're, we're flying by here already 30 minutes in. Uh, Coe versus Wartburg, though, in the ARC is interesting. I mean, can anybody challenge the Knights? We saw Coe win by 50 last weekend. Are the Cohawks able to, to give them a run for their money? We'll find out. Carroll also is, a, is an undefeated team um, in the uh, CCIW, and uh, they're going to Augustana, who hung in there with Wheaton, um, you know, went blow for blow. As you saw in crunch time, it was a seven-point game and it was all said and done. I really think this Vikings team is strong. Now, they, you know, with the loss to uh, Wheaton, chances of them – you know, getting into a pool C is probably limited, but hey, maybe they're they're still my favorite pick for the uh, the Isthmus Bowl. I think, um, assuming that uh, North Central and Wheaton do find a way to get into the playoffs, we'll find out. You'll see firsthand there in, in uh, Chicago land how uh, how that goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see this. First time ever going to the Little Brass Bell game. First time ever at Wheaton. Uh, we've gotten uh, some pings on uh, things I should do while I'm in Wheaton uh, land uh, over there. And um, uh, tailgate, apparently. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Apparently, you sign up for the uh, pregame tailgate. Uh, so I've got to try to do that. But I'm also trying not to curse myself on my own flight situation because I'm flying in in the morning. Yeah. And so we'll see how that works from uh, LaGuardia. So maybe it's better from LaGuardia than JFK. Ultimately, we'll, we'll see. Mm. But uh, interesting uh, path I've got to follow uh, over this next 24 hours. Basically, uh, from here in yeah. upstate New York down to Collegeville, Pennsylvania, over to New York City. And then flying uh, from LaGuardia over to Chicago, driving to Wheaton, and then go spend time with friends in uh, Chicago Saturday night before flying back on Sunday morning and driving back up here on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting uh, next, actually it's called 36 hours or so, or 48. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll we'll make it happen. That's what we do here. And then you'll wonder why crunch time mm-hmm. is late again next week. And you look no further than that yeah. schedule that I just put out there. You might as well just say Wednesday is just the day. You know, I mean, don't no we, no no we, don't we, do we, that because then I will be Thursday. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. We'll stick with Tuesdays then. We'll just keep yeah, no kidding. Crossed. Maybe by it's only week five. We still have about six more weeks to go. We got better this week, at least. Uh, we're slowly but surely getting it yeah. to the spot it should be in. Uh, let's go to Region 6 and some huge games uh, in the WEAC. Yeah, I know it's going to be all about Wisconsin in Region 6 this weekend. Um, Platteville's taking on River Falls. As we said before, you know the Pioneers are one of those asterisks undefeated teams. Um, they're they're going to see if they can... Uh, take down the Falcons, who are, I think, as high as like number five in the country right now in the D3Football.com um, national poll. So uh, this is a big game for both teams. Uh, St. John's is going to take on an Augsburg team who we saw um, you know, won a, a very close game last weekend. And so this, this is something to kind of keep an eye on as maybe like an undercard. But for, for me, anyway, the big game is, is Whitewater going to take on the Titans at Oshkosh. They've got a Five minutes. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing from two, two to two o five. Maybe they're you know there's a flyover or some guy's going to land on the field with a, a parachute or they'll be handing out their um, Titan beer, whatever they've got there. So uh, should be you know an exciting environment, big game for both teams, um, particularly for for Oshkosh as the home team trying to get back in in it after a, a tough loss to Wheaton a couple weeks ago. 
On the West Coast, we've got one um, red-eye game with Chapman versus Cal Lutheran at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. And it looks like Frank's going with the, uh, the Pios against the Falcons, and I've got the Warhawks against the Titans uh, for our game of the week in Region 6. Well done, JB, uh, and couldn't set it better myself. Uh, you know, we do have a split on the WIAC games. I, I want to see if River Falls is that same team that played uh, well against uh, that Mirror Hardin Baylor squad uh, in week one, and yeah. uh, this will be the test yeah. to show it, I think, ultimately. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a little bit of a hype video here that I was very impressed with, and it kind of uh, buttresses uh, what I'm going to be doing on tomorrow, and it's a little bit of a preview to the Little Brass Bell game, North Central at Wheaton. Let's roll. It's the game you've thought about. The one you've dreamt about. The one that kept you going, running those stadiums when the thermostat said 13. And 6 a.m. workouts as the sun is still sleeping. It's kept your legs pumping through training in the summer heat. And just when everything inside you is telling you to give up, you don't. You won't, because the thought of victory eluding you one more time is worse than the pain you're feeling now. This is for the bell. This one's been circled for a year. And while it's steeped in tradition, story, and rivalry, it's not determined by any of the last 100 years that these teams have gone to battle. So ignore the hype, the press, the rankings, and the crowd. You must be relentless. You must do your job. This is for the bell. It's the battle between you and the guy lined up across from you. To be the best, you have to beat the best. Drown out the noise. You have set your sights on this goal. Your daily effort, dedication, and determination have brought you to a unique and uncommon destination. You are now humble and hungry. You like that? Yeah! Let's roll. Chills. Ding, ding. Uh, well done yeah. uh, by uh, their folks over there. Uh, I believe Wheaton uh, produced it ultimately, but uh, whoever produced it, congratulations. Well done. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, when we run our hype videos every so often and whatnot, uh, we, we <laughs> I was at Trinity uh, on, uh, what was it, week two. And uh, mm. one of their video guys says, hey, uh, thank you for last year uh, for all the kudos you gave us for our uh, hype video that you uh, played. And I was like, well, I don't remember a Trinity one. And it was the ETBU guy who had produced uh, the one in the museum with the uh, two players yeah. kind of going around the museum with the mannequins and everything. Uh, and uh, that that, he was over at ETBU uh, last year and he, <laughs> he caught the fact that we promoted that video and I thanked him for not playing copyright uh, unsafe music ultimately so that yeah. we don't get dinged. I actually tested the last video to make sure it didn't flag anything on Facebook at this point. That's, that's how nervous I am about it at this point. But we got through it, we made it happen. 
And it's time for predictions, JB. And like I said, I see some issues coming here. Uh, I really do. Everybody should be staying tuned to see where we go with things. Um, I, 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 I want to see where you go. Well, I, I have you no it. idea. I, well, I think you said it well um, in, in our crunch time segment. We're, we're not picking the easy ones. And we, we are definitely going after some of the biggest matchups every week. And so, you know, it can get a little topsy-turvy here because there's been some upsets. There have been some kind of surprises here and there. So this weekend, there's a lot of toss-ups with conference play. You never know how it's going to shake out. So that's why they play the games. Here we go. We're going to start the clock here and uh, get ready, folks. Uh, it could be a wild ride. And there it goes. Uh, so let's start with... Springfield at WPI. And we're going to go to conference names now instead of regions because that's basically where we're at for the rest of the season with some small exceptions. Springfield yep. WPI is in a new Mac. And I'll start this one with, I think Springfield's got to be looking at the edge here. I mean, this is a big game for uh, the new Mac ultimately. And I think WPI will keep the score low, but Springfield wins a close one, 17-14 in this game. Yeah, I just feel like the, the Pride have brought back just a few more players. I mean, although WPI has looked good here and there, the triple option offense with almost 700 yards last week, uh, yeah, I'll stick with the Pride. I think it'll be like a 24-17 type of game. Now, sticking in the new Mac, Merchant Marine at Salve Regina, the first time we can call this a new Mac game because of Salve Regina moving from the CCC. Uh, you'll start this one. Yeah, I mean, I, th I was struggling with this. Initially, I was leaning towards the Mariners. We, we have a long history with them dating back to our in the huddle with two L's, Liberty League days. But I feel like Salve's been a little more battle-tested. And even though it was really rainy at Kings Point last weekend, they struggled early on with the privateers. I think Salve at home, um, they, they, I think they learned the hard way from the loss with Rochester. They're bouncing back. I think Coach Gil Martin, as he mentioned in the um, article by... Wally Wabash and Greg Thomas, they've got a lot of fifth-year seniors. It's a senior team. I'll go Seahawks. Um, Higher-scoring game, 35-28. Yeah, the fifth-year senior situation I caught in that same article is important. I asked him about that when I was uh, there against Framingham State uh, that night on that Thursday. So I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to pick Salve Regina uh, at home to beat Merchant Marine 31-24. Uh, Game I'm attending tonight, Muhlenberg at your sinus. And I, look, I, I have an overlay, it looks like, according to many people, on where I'm putting Muhlenberg in my uh, ballot. But I'm doing it for a reason. I think they are a strong team with Joe Rapetti having a year of maturity under his belt at the starting role. Uh, I, I think their defense is extraordinarily good right now. And uh, this is a great test for them. And this is a test that... You know, the last two years didn't necessarily uh, go the way they thought it would. Uh, and so I'm saying Muhlenberg kind of gets the monkey off their back here, uh, or the bear off their back, I guess. Uh, I think 30 to 21. Well, I didn't. I, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't go without me noticing the fact that the last time the Bears lost was this exact same weekend a year ago. Uh, Five-point loss to Susquehanna. If Muhlenberg really is supposed to be all that, they should win this game. 
is the third time the charm. You know what? Heck, I'm going to go with your sinus and their defense uh, at home under the lights. We've seen the home teams do pretty well when you've been there, Frank. So I'm going to I'm going to ride the Rossi wave here. I think they're what home teams are six and one for the games that you've been to so far. So I'm going to say the Bears eke one out in um, like a field goal, 24-21 type of game. Nate Milne, what do you think about that? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you curse when you see it. <laughs> par, par for the course. I, I should have known. I should have known that this was in your back pocket. Oh man, <laughs> you know, I could, I could go put my Muhlenberg polo on. That's very nice. And you know what? Actually, I have the the nut. I have got the best thank you note I've ever received from Coach Millen right here. I just saved it in my little notebook. But hey, you know, friend, I'm just trying to provide your team extra motivation, Coach. What can I say? Tried, tried to put the Hobart hat on real quick. Tried to find the, the Muhlenberg polo uh, real quick. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. How is everybody doing? How are you guys doing? You guys ready? I am so great right now. You don't even know. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, man. JB, you're you know, hey, you, know, you told me I... Yeah, you told me it was good to get out of the house. So uh, look at the look at me. I'm going to be catching a flight to Georgia. I'm going to drive out to Rome or wherever Mount Berry and catch a catch a game this weekend. Who knew? That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a great weekend for football. I, I was super jacked up when I watched the uh, that Wheaton video right there, man. I, I wish uh, if I wasn't playing and coaching, uh, that's a game that, that we'd love to be at, and uh, I think it's a celebration of Division three football right there. Uh, you've got two but, great programs, Wheaton and North Central, getting after it. Um, and, uh, and and obviously, we've got our sinus tonight. So a uh, great weekend for, for small college football. Sorry for jumping in there, but I was just going to say, I, I, I like, though, the fact that you guys and the Centennial, it looks like, does this by design, play games at night on occasion. That, to me, is a game that belongs on that stage at night. I'm not sure why they didn't do it, but, you know, I'll enjoy it nonetheless. Mm -hmm. But uh, you guys with a night game here, right? I've caught a couple of night games with you, but uh, versus Hopkins both times uh, the last couple of years uh, at each other's uh, places. And that's going to be a big game, obviously, coming up soon. But, you know, clearly you're not going to be overlooking your sinuses go around because they've been biting you uh, in uh, areas where uh, you probably take it personally at this point, And your team knows that. I mean, what, what do you think here about this team? I mean, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday offline about, you know, things, and you, you have respect for some of their players for sure that uh, have, uh, you know, shown up at the, these games in the past. Give me your view on how this game starts to play out and how your team's looking at it right now. Yeah, anytime you get into Centennial Conference play, you you know the quality of opponents, um, and you know how good the Centennial Conference is. Obviously, your sign that says, one of the longest winning streaks uh, in the country right now. Uh, Johns Hopkins uh, has taken down Ithaca, uh, Salisbury, Christopher Newport. Uh, we've taken down Salisbury. Uh, and, and then our former uh, team in Susquehanna has gone on the road uh, and beat, obviously, a really, really good Cortland team. Uh, and so when you look at, at, at these teams throughout uh, the, not only our region, but throughout the country, on the centennial and, and the split with the landmark, uh, we've shown that we can play uh, and win almost anywhere against anybody, defending conference champions. Uh, and so this region is as good as there is. Um, Ursinus tonight presents a lot of problems. 
Um, their offensive line is dynamic. They've really pounded the rock on us uh, the last couple of years um, and, and kind of found some flaws in our defense that maybe we didn't know were there uh, early on in the football season. Uh, so we've hoped that we've worked out some of those kinks to stop the run. They're explosive on the edge uh, with their wide receivers as well. They're going to roll through a bunch of guys and just keep taking shot after shot after shot with fresh legs. And then defensively, Coach Donnelly used to say it all the time, if you've got an elite player at each level, you've got a really good defense. Um, and they've got a fantastic defensive end uh, in Boldelis, who's, who's led the country, I think, at one point in tackles for a loss. The linebacker, who I know I think you guys had on earlier, uh, again, returning first-team yeah, all-conference. Uh, yeah, and then their safety um, is just outstanding uh, as well. So when you look at them, from a defensive standpoint, they've got an elite level player at all three levels, which is uh, a recipe for success. And the other one is none of those guys are, are brand new players. They all come back uh, from uh, all conference campaigns. Um, and so they've got quite a bit of experience uh, and, and played in some really, really big games. Uh, it'll be uh, just a fantastic matchup tonight. And, and we hope that uh, as many people are watching uh, to showcase what the Centennial Conference has as far as the depth uh, of our conference. Well, um, well, Coach. First off, I mean, I have to I have to give a shout out to Frank with the elite head coach uh, moniker there on on uh, on <laughs> on the intro. I love that. But you know, one, in our interview we just had with with Brett, the senior linebacker um, from your sinus, he mentioned that you know one of the keys to beating you guys the last couple of years has been turnovers. And I imagine um, you know while while you don't necessarily you know, factor that into a game plan. You have to be, you know, talking to your guys to a certain extent about like, hey, let's just play our game. Let's not beat ourselves because the tape pretty much shows the last couple of years where you come up short has been that. How do you, as a coach, sort of, I mean, you know, mistakes will happen during a game, but how do you either minimize it or just avoid it altogether? I think a couple of ways. Obviously, we've we've talked to Joe, as Frank mentioned, Joe's a year older. Uh, and even two years ago with fifth-year quarterback Michael Nakowski, who was as good as anybody was in the country, uh, sometimes you, you feel pressure in these big games to do a little bit too much. Uh, we've been fortunate early on in the season uh, to kind of take what the defense has been giving us. Uh, offensively, uh, and and that's been holding on to the football. Um, we were down a little bit against uh, Salisbury early on in that football game. We were able to creep back uh, into it uh, by playing our style of football. Um, obviously, we want to run the football as well and use that play-action pass, which has been very successful uh, for I don't know, for many, many years, even going back to Susquehanna and when I was at Cortland uh, as well. The offense hasn't changed entirely, or my philosophical things haven't changed entirely as far as calling plays. Uh, the run sets up the pass, or the play-action pass sets up the run um, in what we do, uh, and it makes it hard uh, on defenses. What are those linebackers seeing? Are they seeing run? Are they seeing pass uh, for us? Um, yeah. And so we got a key uh, on those things there. Um, again, hold on to the football, uh, win the field position battle. Special teams will be critical tonight. Uh, they're very unique in what they do. And just like us, they put their best personnel out on the football field uh, when it comes to special teams. Um, so I think it'll be all three phases will be critical in a game like this tonight. You know, Joe Rapetti actually uh, impressed me on our uh, preseason show interview or lead up to kickoff show uh, that he was uh, joining us on uh, on that Thursday. Uh, just he seemed a lot more comfortable 
in just even the interview, let alone, you know, being quarterback, a leader and everything else. He's just, he's exuding a certain confidence and comfort right now, and not in a bad way, because I know being comfortable can sometimes uh, lead to uh, problems too. But uh, no, for him, I've just been impressed to see his maturation process for sure. But coach, uh, you know, this game and Hopkins now, it just seems to be the circles now on the calendar. Like you said, the the landmark split uh, has sort of... Uh, done certain things here, but it, what it's also done is it's giving you an opportunity to play teams you have not really been able to meet before because you've got more opportunities for out-of-conference games. How did you like that feature this year, and how did your out-of-conference games set you up, do you feel, for these challenges ahead? We've enjoyed our crossover games with the NJAC. Obviously, we're very fortunate uh, to keep our classic rivalry game uh, with Moravian, um, and so we're excited about the future of that game. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to play that game week one uh, for the foreseeable future as both conferences still have uh, openings in week one. So the Muhlenberg-Moravian game uh, isn't going anywhere for a long, long time. Uh, both of our uh, administrations and both myself and Coach Long are on the same page uh, with that one. Uh, and then the NJAC obviously has some really quality football teams. Uh, and then for us, it's critical for recruiting areas as well. Uh, obviously, Muhlenberg and Allentown is right on the border of New Jersey. Uh, we're less than 90 minutes from the state of Maryland, uh, so we can go down uh, and, and play a Salisbury or they come up here. Obviously, it gives us some brand recognition uh, in the DMV. Uh, and then when we're going on the road to play uh, TCNJ and Montclair, uh, those are areas where many of our players are from uh, and hopefully future players will be from uh, as well. Um, so for us, it, it's been pretty good for a number of different reasons. Um, and obviously starting out uh, 3-0 and uh, has, has felt pretty good as well playing some new teams. And for the viewers out there that are not from this area, the DMV is not that place with a long line and uh, that you hate to go for your license, but the Del- Marva uh, area of Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, just, just to be clear out there, JB, go ahead. Well, Coach, I think... You know, we've talked a little bit about the X's and O's, but we know the most important game plan you guys have to have for tonight is to somehow ward off the Rossi curse because the home teams have been winning a lot when he's been in town. Are you going to keep him on the Bears' sideline for the whole time? I mean, what? how can you mitigate this potential distraction to your players and fans that will be kind of walking her up and down the sidelines in his khaki pants? I mean, what do you, what do you got for me? Number one, there's no controlling Frank Rossi, the mayor uh, and what he's going to bring to um, any atmosphere that he's a part of. Uh, obviously, the tailgates will be electric tonight. Um, obviously, the sideline uh, will Absolutely. be electric tonight. Everybody understands uh, when the mayor's in town uh, what you're in for. Um, I would say it's borderline college game day-like uh, with the atmosphere on there, uh, similar to – uh, Colorado, when they brought out Dwayne The Rock Johnson, when The Rock came out and, and the crowd yeah, goes nuts, exactly. when you see Frank Rossi, the place goes absolutely nuts um, for for him. Um, so uh, it, it'll be difficult. Uh, obviously, um, the, the Mules, uh, I think, were 0 and 3 in the last Frank Rossi appearances. Uh, so Hopkins last year. Um, Mary Harden Baylor last year, and um, Mount Union. No, not so uh, fast. Not. Mount oh Union. yeah, you're right. Actually, okay, you're Mount right. Uh, well, 
So um, shoot, you're right. I think uh, you know this could be uh, this could be Frank's last appearance uh, if things don't go well. <laughs> yeah, for the I think so. I don't uh, ban we'll him have, from. We'll game. call in. We'll call in the reliever here to bring JB up to town uh, if things don't go well. Um, or uh, I don't know. I don't know. He may have a flat tire and not be able to make it to the uh, the little brass bell um, uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> Uh, but but don't you feel slighted by the fact that JB, you know, he can get on a plane to go to uh, the Atlanta area, but he can't get on a plane to go to the Philly area for this game? Um, I I mean, I think there are Maybe some steps. restrictions um, uh, based on Geneva, New York, um, not allowing him in the airspace and things like that. Um, I don't know if his, his alumni uh, donations haven't come through yet. Uh, for Hobart College, uh, but anytime he's in the Northeast, I think there could be some some issues there. So I, I understand uh, why he has to stay down south. Did Bubna give you a well? Well, did Bubna give you any kind of report or warning about you know when he showed up at the MIT game? Anything crazy or unusual that happened? Because I, I know every so often you might reach out to Bubna and talk to him, but it, clearly when you saw DefCon Five uh, go up and you know JB in town in the Cambridge area. You had to wonder what was going to happen over there. No, uh, the only thing Brian said is is uh, for the travel that JB used a fake name, um, so he wasn't allowed. To, it, was, it was incognito, <laughs> similar to uh, when the president travels. Yeah. It was uh, it was an incognito moment uh, on there, and he just kind of showed up. Hail to the chief, indeed, uh, JB. I, I'm going to close this out by saying uh, to Coach, uh, you got your hands full tonight. There's no doubt about it. In all seriousness, this is a great team you're facing. You have a great team as well, though. I'm excited to see this Absolutely. game. Thank you to whoever put this one on a Friday night because it enables me. It also, thanks to a referee shortage in upstate New York uh, here for the high school beat that uh, changed balls to spot of Thursday. I get a chance to drive down, see this game, and still go catch a little brass bell tomorrow. So some elite football across uh, my uh, destinations as well as JB. So this is going to be uh, the start of a great weekend, 7 p.m. tonight. Coach Milne, thanks for joining us. Really, thank you for joining us. And uh, best of luck here. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, Coach Gallagher uh, and her sinus, uh, again, coming off of a bye week. Uh, they were the ones that suggested this. Um, and it gives our players uh, an extra day off on both sides, uh, or Sinus and Muhlenberg. It gives our players a, a little extra time off coming off of the bye week. So this was, yeah. uh, again, a good idea uh, by Coach Gallagher. And uh, a lot of the teams in the Centennial coming off of a bye week have played uh, on Friday nights. I know it, um, it, it's a little bit difficult with uh, Friday night lights uh, around here. Uh, but when we're looking out for the best interest of our programs, uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, to do that. Happy that it helps you out a lot, Frank. That's usually what goes into our thought process uh, as well as how can we make Frank Rossi happy. Um, but yeah. appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for, for having me on. Appreciate you guys, everybody at, in the huddle, everybody at d3football.com. Uh, again, we appreciate your support, um, providing a platform uh, for our student-athletes and the recognition that these student-athletes deserve here. Uh, at the small college level from uh, across the country. Uh, I know everybody feels the same way about you guys and, and everybody at d3football.com as well. So appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. You sandbagger, you totally had that one in your in your pocket. Oh, my God, I walked right into that one. <laughs> but I didn't know for sure you were going to do it. I, I, I was like, I have a 50-50 feeling the only, that you're going to go there. 
the only reason I started thinking about the you know your track record here and like coach said you I mean there's some, I mean you're going to be banned from Muhlenberg games pretty soon so maybe they'll get either this is a total toss up game um, you know either team could win I think so I think I, you know I think it's great that they did it on a Friday night it's the only um, D3 game on tonight at all so it's like prime time you know, gets the gets the focus of the whole country if if you're a D3 fan so. I'm excited for them and the and the kids. I think it's going to be a great game, and I'll look forward to uh, tuning in. We're going to get the music back on. We put only five minutes on the clock. We're going to have to kind of hustle through the rest of what we've got here, and yeah. so I'm going to get the next game up, and uh, you can start it. I believe I skipped over one just to make sure you went second uh, because that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, Washington Jefferson at Grove City. Uh, forgive me for the capital A there by accident. But uh, JB, go ahead. This could be the PAC championship game, maybe for Grove City, or it could make things extend here if Washington Jeff wins. Yeah, I'm struggling with this one because Grove City looked so good against Carnegie Mellon last weekend. But I also feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I picked against WNJ, who I've said was a top 25 team in the preseason, and I like everything that's going on with the presidents. But how do you pick against Grove City at home? I don't know if you can do that, but. They beat them by 20 last year, so I, I'm going to go with the Presidents in a, in a you know road upset, I guess. Um, it just feels like you know Grove City's been under the pressure cooker the last couple of weeks. They've had to win some tight games. Washington Jeff hasn't really been challenged, so they're cruising right along. I just feel like maybe Grove City could be a little burnt out, and I'll go with the Presidents um, 35-28. Yeah, and you're, you're hitting the reason I'm going to pick Grove City as you did that. I thought you may actually switch when you said what you said about battle testing uh, to this point. Because, again, Grove City has yeah. faced their gauntlet. Westminster, which is their arch rival, they essentially, really and Case Western, and uh, last week against Carnegie Mellon. I, and they have a knowledge of what's in front of them. This is the moment they've been waiting for. This is their chance to win yeah. a Pool A bid, finally, at the 33-game losing streak after... ECAC uh, bids that they're appreciative for to this day. Still have all uh, the uh, swag from it and everything else. We got t-shirts, by the way, uh, from uh, Coach Donato. Thank you to him. But I'm going to pick Grove City here. They understand. They understand this moment. They, that's why their fifth years came back and everything else. Grove City wins this game 24-20. A close one, but a great one at that. Hobart at Ithaca. Okay. Uh, I, I, I would love to pick... <sighs> against Ithaca, I think, in certain ways for the Liberty League's sake, for what this is going to turn into, but I think this is where the carnage starts uh, happening here, and Ithaca wins this game. Nothing against Ithaca, I just, I love to see this Liberty League go down to the wire, basically, and I think Ithaca's going to start uh, imposing their will starting with this game. Ithaca wins a game at home on the new turf by the final score of uh, 27-17. You know, um, I would love my Hobart Statesman to win this one. Every time I pick them in the last five or six seasons, they have lost by either a field goal or a touchdown. They're 0-17 at Butterfield. I just don't know with the, the youth on this team if they can compete with all these seniors and super seniors. And there's just this Butterfield curse. So I picked um, Ithaca to win 24-21 to in my blog. Hope I'm wrong. I do feel like someone's going to knock off Ithaca eventually. I just don't know if it's going to be Hobart with just some of the inexperience that they have in some key positions. The JB can't read bowl. Salisbury at Christopher Newport. Uh, I think we both picked CNU last week. Is that accurate? 
Yep, I think we stick with those and just keep rolling. Trinity and Barry, you start. Uh, man, well, um, I haven't been to enough games to have a curse yet, I, although MIT did win, so they were the home team. I just, I don't know. I can't really pick against the Tigers at this point. I feel like they're on a mission. They're, like you said, with Grove City, they have all these, you know, fifth and senior guys who came back for this national championship run. Barry has looked amazing, but it feels like this is the Tigers' year. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, but I think Trinity will hang on to win 31-24. to yeah, then be careful that Valhalla walk uh, that you're going to be uh, a part of uh, because they may walk all over you after that pick. Trinity, Try though, I do think axe. I, I think Trinity is the cream of the crop right now. I think they're at, back at full strength, unlike the whole St. John situation. Barry's been playing lights out. I think they could go nine and one. I think they could get the pool C bid ultimately if they lose this game. Trinity wins. Mm. Um, Tucker Horn uh, gets them up to 34 points against uh, 24. It's going to be a good game. I, I just don't think it's going to go the way Barry. Yeah. Ohio Northern at Mount Union, uh, which is uh, my feature game for Region 4. I still think Mount Union wins this game. I just think that it's going to be their best competition to date, ultimately. And so I'm yeah. going to give Mount Union the win 40-14. to 14. Uh, 45-21 Mount Union. Wabash at Ohio Wesleyan. Go ahead. Uh, I think the Little Giants will jump out to a, a lead, hang on. Liam Thompson and company will put up a lot of points, 49 to 35. Little Giants always fight, and they're going to fight hard here for a nice big win by the final score of 31 to 10. North Central at Wheaton. I'm calling for the upset. Who's up, me or you? Okay. No, that's me. Ooh, I'm calling for the upset. Uh, at Wheaton, in a rivalry game, a team that's battle-tested compared to North Central this season. It's not to say that North Central doesn't have battle-testing from previous seasons and stag bowls and playoffs. I get it, folks. But right now in this season, with this component of players in front of them, Wheaton has the better battle-tested record. And to D3Football.com, to think that Augustana is a pushover team right now, you better read your own database on who's back for Augustana in terms of uh, starters, etc., because that's not accurate, I don't believe. And so... You know, I watched Augustine the week before. I wasn't surprised about what they did against Wheaton. Wheaton, I'm going to give a slight edge to jumping out early in this game. I know the clock's at zero, folks. We'll just keep rolling here. Uh, Wheaton wins 31-30 in, a, in a, an epic little, little brass bell game. Go ahead. I think this game is going to come down to the quarterbacks, and Luke Lennon just has a little more experience than his counterpart, Ben Thorson. Um, and so I, I feel like whether it's by air or by running around there, he's going he's gonna to make some plays happen. I do believe it will be a close game, um, probably a little more defensive battle than we think. Uh, but I'll, I'll say that the Cardinals hang on to win 27-21. Uh, to 21. Platteville at River Falls. You start. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the Falcons. I just feel like you know this could be their year. They could be the eventual WEAC champs. We'll see. Um, the Pioneers are no pushovers, but I'll take uh, River Falls to win this one. A little lower scoring game, um, 24 to 10. I agree with you on this one. I, I think we learned who they were in the Mary Harden Baylor game, but I'd like to see them confirm it in this game because Platteville is no pushover either. Yeah. We know that from last year. If Platteville wants to start doing what they did last year and creating havoc in the WEAC, this is a great place to start, though. I will say that much. And 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. River Falls, though, I think, wins semi-convincingly uh, by the final score of 30-23. to 23. Late rally by Platteville. Uh, Whitewater at Oshkosh. Um, tough one. This is really tough. I didn't like what I saw from Whitewater uh, in uh, Belton. And Oshkosh knows that they kind of need to win this game at home. I'm going to go with Oshkosh. I, something's just giving me Ooh. a vibe here that this is also where you're going to start to see the carnage factor play out. The home game for Oshkosh means something here. I, I would have put them at almost level pegging, uh, maybe with a slight edge to Whitewater if this wasn't at Oshkosh. It was neutral site game, let's say. Uh, but I'm going to go with Oshkosh, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll get to you in a sec. Or are you just going to grab it and uh, put it on? Uh, yeah, belly of the beast, I hear you. But I, Oshkosh, I'm going to put for the, with the win 21-17. Go ahead. I know where you're going already. Yeah, I mean, I, I although I also thought that Whitewater looked pretty lackluster in Texas, but they've had a week off. And just the way that um, the, t the Titans' defense just had nothing in that fourth quarter against Wheaton just tells me that th these are the kind of games that Whitewater always thrives in. They just find little ways to keep sort of dinking and dunking and, and getting those first downs, and they'll, they'll score just enough to win this game. Um, I think it'll be a lower scoring, more defensive battle, but I'll take the Warhawks to win 21 to 17. JB Fun Show. Uh, we are uh, way late here for what we like to do, but uh, it was yeah. worth every minute of it. Uh, thanks <laughs> to Brett Gross and everybody who signed us. Thanks, thanks uh, to Nate Milne for showing up at the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have I couldn't have scripted that, was... that better. That, that was so good. Uh, I'm going to be watching that back and clipping that one for sure and bleeping you for the second straight year. Uh, but great week of college football coming up. Uh, as always, how would you watch this uh, weekend if you were a viewer uh, not attending a game, uh, as you will be? Well, uh, you know, I would say um, per usual because of the just the time zones, you know, I, I would start off with some of these great Region 1 matchups, maybe Merchant Marine at Salve at noon. Um, if you're a NESCAC kind of fan, you got Bowdoin Middlebury at 1, but also at 1 o'clock there's a slate of really great games uh, Hobart, Ithaca, Catholic, Susquehanna. And then as you get to the 2 p.m., we, we get these great uh, WNJ Grove City, Salisbury, CNU. Um, one o'clock, we also have the Barry uh, Trinity game, Howard Payne, Harden Simmons at 2 o'clock. We've got uh, Wittenberg Denison at 2 o'clock. We've got the Little Brass Bell at 2 o'clock, Coe Warburg, Carroll Augustana. Those will all be really fantastic D3 games. And then you also have all the Platteville. River Falls, St. John's, Augsburg, Whitewater, Oshkosh. There's going to be a ton of really great games at 2 o'clock tomorrow. So try to get in early if you can um, to, to catch some of the, the Region 1 and 2 stuff. But it's going to be a little more condensed um, than we've seen in, in, in prior years. Obviously, the weekend starts off with a big centennial contest tonight between Muhlenberg and um, your sinus. But, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if you're a, a diehard D3 fan, you're going to have to really do the multiple screen thing in between like 1 and 4 p.m. Later on in the day, there will be some um, later games that pop on, like the, like the Courage Bowl with Brockport and St. John Fisher. And then later on in the evening, you know, with some of the, the you know, West Coast and some 7 o'clock kickoffs. But for the most part, this weekend is going to be really packed 
And so you're going to want to keep an eye on Frank Rossi's Twitter. Keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll be you know reporting live on scene. Um, hopefully, I don't you know get too dehydrated running up and down the sidelines in 90 degrees. I don't know where this hot weather came from, man. I thought it was supposed to be fall, um, but here we are, and uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend of uh, D3 football. Make sure the pumpkin lattes are iced uh, at this point is basically what he's saying, folks. In the meantime, it's uh, 10, 10 a.m. in the East Coast. If we're watching live, go have a great Friday. I'll see you tonight uh, on Twitter from your sinus. And then tomorrow we will see you on Twitter from uh, Mount Berry and from uh, Wheaton, uh, essentially. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend of college football, as he said. We'll see you on Crunch Time next week as well on Facebook. And uh, you, you know the, uh, the routine. We're also going to give you a slight preview to our schedule coming up sometime on Sunday, interviews on Monday, and Crunch Time on Tuesday-ish uh, at that point. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll see you uh, soon, folks.